Peace and blessings, good people, and welcome to Father Should, a podcast on fatherhood and twenty today. I am your host, Fleming. And I am Ms. Vaughn. And today's episode is How Do We Get Here Part 2. We would like to welcome our guests, Stacy and Saya, to today's show. Hello, good people. Hello, hello, hello. Good evening. Okay, so first question. Um, well, and sort of kind of so in the last so yeah, in the last episode we mentioned the factor of this is the infamous Stacy that definitely gave me the idea to uh, take this trip, uh, take this road trip. So, Stacy, if you wouldn't mind telling us exactly like where that idea came from. Infamous Stacy, I like that. <laughs> um, the idea came from a, um, an actually a frat brother of yours, um, an high school friend of mine, and also frat brother um, from San Francisco State. And over the years, you know, we've kept in touch. And he sent something to me uh, about two years ago of what he was doing um, with his son. My my oldest daughter had just graduated from college. And we were talking about that. And then he, you know, about two months later, I get this whole video of him in Alabama with his son at the museum, the uh, that, that lynching museum. And I was just blown away by the images that he sent back. And I asked him, I said, why are you doing this? He says, you know, we, we should all uh, sit and go with our children and teach them the history that we know and we lived mm-hmm. and those of the ancestors. And, you know, um, I know I haven't mentioned his name. He's Dr. Oscar Alonzo um, from San Francisco. Um, but it was just really interesting to hear his perspective on that. Um, and he travels a lot uh, worldwide. And, you know, I'll get these images from Brazil. I'll get these images from New Zealand. Um, but the most stirring were the ones he was with his son and they were doing a tour of the South and it was father and son and just what that means for a young black man coming up in the world today and what history was for that young black man then and what it is now. And and the parallels were very striking because his son had a lot of, uh, questions and, and provided a lot of feedback. So, um, that's why I suggested that to you on that faithful day, because I I don't think we do that enough. We know to do it, but we don't. Right. Right. And, and it was definitely, uh, it was definitely, um, it sparked something for me at the time when we were having the conversation. And I think, uh, I think I was, I think I was still at headquarters, if I'm not mistaken, at, at the time when, when the suggestion was, was made. And, uh, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, well, you know, that makes perfectly good sense. Like, I enjoy driving, you know, and I hadn't been I hadn't been home in in a while. So I was like, OK, well, we could, we could drive to, we could do a road trip to California. No. And the reception from it, again, was just so like this brother didn't lost his damn mind. Like, Absolutely. Why, like, why is he driving, you know? Um, but so if the two of you definitely could share 
you know, as you followed it on, on, on my social media pages, like, you know, what was your, what was your, 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 your takeaway from it? Um, and I'll let mm-hmm. Saya answer first. Sure. So, um, you know, for me, it was interesting because, um, we're, this is a conclave year, uh, so proud members of Public Fraternity Incorporated. And so we were, I followed the journey on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when we were in Las Vegas at the conference, I saw Fleming at the casino, we were at the casino somewhere in the lobby. Right, right. And I stopped him and I said, I said, brother, what you're doing is amazing. Um, and so a little bit about me, um, my father uh, and my mom got divorced when I was three. Uh, so I did not grow up in the household with my dad mm-hmm. and, um, we located to Atlanta, kind of started a new family, this, that, and the third. Um, so being reared in a single family household, like that's kind of followed me throughout my entire life. Um, all the way up through my doctoral degree where I did my dissertation on success factors in African-American males beyond the attainment, which oh, kind of focused wow. on, uh, <laughs> which focused on, you know, I had to check my bias with my study because literally I was like, ah. I'm thinking that all these young men or, you know, our brothers that I'm doing in my qualitative study are, you know, reading single family households. Half of them were, but at the same time, you know, I think the absence of the father and just taking that quality time with their son. And so seeing someone that I knew that I held in relatively high regard, I'm like, wow, what this man is doing, I don't see this. Like, and it just took me back to, wow, if I had that kind of time with my dad. So I lost my father in 2013. Um, But before he transitioned, we uh, did, you know, kind of reconcile and had an adult relationship. Uh But I'm like, how amazing and incredible is that? In addition that he's sharing the experience so everybody can see where it's like, just get out of your phones for a second, Mm. pause and spend time molding, building, creating those memorable experiences that are going to be able to take that your son can reference from now on until whenever, until whenever, but also for other individuals to be able to, to kind of the part and stop in the moment. I'm like, I don't even have kids yet, but when I do, right pause. Right. And so it really um, afforded me that opportunity. So I really appreciate you sharing that experience. So you want to do a road trip? I, I love a road trip. Now let me explain to you where road trips come from. My, you know, I'm the end of the baby boomer thing or Gen X, however you want to do it. I was born in 1961 and how we traveled was by car. So every summer I either went to Seattle, Washington, where my paternal mother, grandmother lived, or I went down south um, to see either my um, maternal or paternal relatives. Um, So that meant Arizona, where I had a great aunt who was living, who was passing for white, uh, Texas, and then ultimately Louisiana, my father's people, and Mississippi, my mother's people. So, you know, that was, that was a, (laughs) that's what I did from what, age three up until 10 when, you know, my father finally figured out we could fly. But the beauty of that, it helped me because I was able to see and know that Texas, you had to cross it in two days, right? So if I'm in class and we're studying geography, I had that visualization because I'm a visual learner. So there's a lot of takeaways um, from that. And it was it was good to experience. It was good to see it. And, and again, this is the South in 1965. Right. We all know what was going on in 1965. 
Um, so, you know, it was it, it it was a different way of traveling. It was a different way of living. And yes, I, I understand shoebox chicken because that's what happened with me. And, and, you know, that's how the lunch was packed. Um, my cousin, who we would often travel with, was a driver for Chevron, which is a refinery out here. Um, 510, you know what I'm talking about. And that man didn't stop. <laughs> right. Right. I got big, huge blisters on the back of my leg, the size of quarters. I mean, it's 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 an experience that, you know, now helps me or I can identify because it actually happened to me. Right. So there is a blessing and curse in it. But it was a wonderful way to see the to see the country It was a wonderful way to have discussion with folks, um, their perspective. And, you know, here was the Californian in, in Louisiana and, and Mississippi. And they're looking at me. And asking me if I could spell certain words, you know, it was it was a trip, but it has stayed with me forever. Right, and that and that is that is, and it's so funny that you would say that because in what I mentioned earlier on was the fact that for me, I was born in Baton Rouge, grew up in California, but at some point in time, my mom, you know, single parent household, my parents got divorced by the time I was three, you know, so like you know. Having having that that at a certain point, my mom just was like, you know, he's got to be around a man. And literally, that's where my grandfather came in mm-hmm. and he was a truck driver, you know. So literally my my day, either the day of when school let out, either that night <laughs> or that day after I was on a truck and heading down south and, and everything in between. So to Stacy's point, you know, having that experience, knowing like, you know, sitting on the back, back of a truck trying to crack open a, a mm-hmm. coconut mm-hmm. with my grandfather in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. you know, uh, sitting there, you know, ha- having having a shovel and shoveling out because he was hauling. He didn't go telling what I mean, the man hauled pretty much everything, anything mm-hmm. and everything, you know. So here I am at like 10 years old with a shovel, like, you know, mm-hmm. shoveling wheat, you know. Um, but those are experiences and a work ethic that just literally that sticks with you until the end of your days, which is why when we started the trip, the first stop was to see grandpa. Wow. You know. And and that's so that's why why when I said said it earlier on, like, you know, it was important for him to see me and where it is that I've gotten to, you know, um, and the fact that what it is that you gave me, I'm now putting into this little Absolutely. one here, you know, Absolutely. going forward. So uh, so that, that that was that definitely, definitely very, very important. So uh, I know I've said it before, but I will definitely say it again and always. Thank you, Stacy, mm-hmm. very much. And thank you, Brother Alonzo, for, you know, uh, al- allowing us to have that connectivity, you know, mm-hmm. um, and and for you doing it first and then sharing it with her, which in turn allowed her to be able to, to, to share it with me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I'm thankful for that. Um, what I will, will de- definitely say is that, uh, or what I'd like, like to ask now, uh, based on now, Sai and I saw each other after the trip, mm-hmm. you know, and where it is that we got, how it is that we got here. So the idea of the podcast, of course, came as I was driving from after I left Vegas. Mm-hmm. You know, that was mm-hmm. where, where the idea came from. Mm-hmm. But of course, you know, with, with, with some ideas, it's like you know, you're, you're a little bit hesitant. You know, or you might sit there and think to yourself, like, ah, you know, I don't know how necessarily, like, you know. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't until I saw you mm-hmm. at Blue Tuesday, mm-hmm. and you pulled me to the side. And so I'm gonna let you speak on that because mm-hmm. that was that for me was 
the confirmation. Because yeah, we did see each other in Vegas, but the, but I feel like I didn't get emotional until we were it, Tuesday, right, right, right. You know, so you know, yeah, so, I was on like, my tears. Yeah, like, <laughs> I was all, uh, yeah. No, but I mean, but it was right. definitely, but it was yeah. definitely, yeah. Uh, yeah. it was, yeah. it, it was heartfelt though. Yeah, it was it, heartfelt. It, it, it was, brother, and you know, um, there. Reflecting back on my experience with my dad, there was a lot of anger, um, a lot of, um, a lot of hurt, you mm-hmm. know, and um, and so it took a lot of healing for me to be able to get to a point where. I could not see a dad and his son like at CeCe's Pizza together or playing basketball and me not and feel some type of way. And feel some type of way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I just start balling for no reason, right? Mm-hmm. And so I had to A unpack that because I'm like, I have to acknowledge it, right? Right. And I had to re reframe it. So I'm like, okay, I can't continue to be mad at this man. You know what I'm saying? Um, it's so funny because at one point I ended up relocating to Atlanta. My father was in Atlanta, did not know I lived there. My stepmom knew, my stepsisters knew, my mm-hmm. father didn't know because I was mad at my dad. Right. And so, but I got to a point when they were, picked them up. I was like, Pop, we're going to Ruby Tuesdays. We're going to sit down. We're going to talk. We're going to hash this thing out. I'm trying to figure it out. Um, I'm glad I was able to do that because, you know, it allowed for me to have another two and a half to three years with him. Mm-hmm. We were in a good place where I didn't feel like it was scripted. I didn't feel like it was forced. I felt like it was very genuine. We were trying to get to uh, opportunity to learn each other as adult men, mm-hmm. which was fine at that point. And so, again, you know, because I, like you said, I saw you in Vegas for a hot sack. Right. But then at Blue Tuesday, because again, it just, because there's, I still have those moments where I'm like, I see okay. dads and their sons, and I'm like, wow. And the, I'm like, I've never seen anybody do this ever in life. Right. This is amazing. Mm-hmm. Like, I get on my younger sister now about her time with her son, which is, it, it, my nephew's in a tablet 90%, it seems like 90%. Of the time. <laughs> right, right. And so I'm like, right. so to take, quality time to be able, and I'm like, and you're cataloging these moments. And to me, it was such a powerful message in that, mm-hmm. that it really did. And I just want you to know that, like, brother, I don't even know if your intention was to do this and for it to have the magnitude and the scale of impact that it did, but right. it really, really did. Because other brothers were like, yo, you see, I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this, is, this is amazing. Where is he going next? Right, I mean, <laughs> right. It, I mean, and, and, and so it's so positive because you don't see black men doing this. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's the feel that I had when uh, Oscar was sending me his photos. I was like, well, damn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not there when I'm there. Um, and, and it is. It's very telling um, because... You know, I'm I'm in a fag minute in a fag minute family. Like I said, I, I I went through Arizona and I had a great aunt there, but we couldn't stop by a house. <laughs> um, yeah. So you know, I'm I'm piecing a family together. And and just this past weekend, um, I was sitting with my line sister of all people, and we found out that our grandparents and great grandparents lived on the same street in New Orleans. Wow, go figure, right? right. So. It's this piecing together that we have to do. And my my oldest daughter, well, both of my daughters are now in Asia and and they're traveling and they got the travel bug because that's just what we did. You get up and go, you know, you you don't stay where you are. And the oldest one came back to me and said, Mom, you know, I want to know my Creole roots. I know dad's side. I want to know your side. And I'm like, oh, Okay, well, you know, my father died in 1984. My his brother died in 1988. You know, my grandfather and grandmother. So I'm it. 
right? They come from a large family, but you know, I'm it. And I'm like, okay, so I've been researching New Orleans and Donsonville where, you know, my father's people were known to be. And it's, it just, it blows me away. Um, and I was on Ancestry.com just trying to pull that information. You know, St. Augustine Church in New Orleans where many of the black Catholics were, you know, uh, registered and, right. and had confirmation. All of that is coming together. All of that is tying in. And, you know, I'm, now I understand when I go to New Orleans and I'm tripping on the street and people are like, nothing's in front of me. But, you know, that's an ancestor knocking me upside my head. So I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's interesting that you would say piecing family together because, uh, of course, in, a, in the course of this trip, that was literally, again, you know, similar experience as far as life. You know, I knew a lot about my mom's side. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know much about my dad's side, you know, and unfortunately, um, you know, my my father passed in 2016 and, you know, much like like, you know, we 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 had to take that time, you know, like like I I remember telling somebody uh, somebody I was talking to and I was like, you know, you have to understand is as as the children, especially coming from or having southern roots is like. We're, we're motivated to go and sit and talk with our elders. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this whole thing of like, you know, well, you know, I'm waiting for for, for, for them to say something. No, that's right, not how right, we right. do that. Yeah, like, yeah. you know, we, we get up and we go and yeah. find that information and sit down and, and have those talks. And it's one of the things I always tell my son. I'm like, hey, you know, you have literally only one grandparent left, which is my mom, you know. Um, and I'm like, and she's here upstairs. Right go talk to her. Right. You know, right. whatever questions you got, go talk to her. You know, mm-hmm. I know she can be a little hard sometimes, but go talk mm-hmm. to her, you know, mm-hmm. because once, once that's gone, that's, like yeah. that's, that's it. it, you know, that, 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 that is literally it. So everything that, that we make it a point to know now. So like, even when we were in, in Mississippi, I recorded my grandfather, you know, like he didn't know I was recording cause he probably would have told me turn that damn camera. Like, so, <laughs> so I had to record it. <laughs> on the low but you know but I've got him now you know um and and those are those are the things of where uh you know so I had opportunity to to meet with my cousin um my father's second uh she'd be second cousin so she's my third Mm -hmm. and so we connected and she proceeded to give me again through ancestry you know a bunch of like she's like oh she's like well just just connect with mine and you'll get everything and you know, so I did, and that became like the thing. So it, me and Christopher sitting in in uh, in, in San Antonio at Jack in the Box eating, looking at ancestry, going through like you know like all these photos. And I'm like, wow, like no, you know. No, we well. He said Jack in the Box, but that's okay. So, yeah, I, just, I did say Jack in the Box. Look here, oh, you know, look here. I'm from look here. I'm from Oakland, California. Jack in the Box. So, um, you know, but you know, again, to see that, to see that, and it's just like you know. Like I, there was one photo where like literally it's it is eighty percent white folks, mm-hmm. you know, and the rest are black, and that's family, you know. So it's like okay, now I gotta now I gotta know this, you know. But you said Donaldsonville, and we gonna have to remind me to come back to you about that on the sideline conversation, cause yeah, that, yeah. I, I had family there as well, so yeah, we we gonna yeah. Have to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, 
You know, the, the, the beauty of, of all of this is we, here we are, a generation seeking to know because the Internet has provided such a gift and it, it has its curse. But I choose to focus on the gift mm-hmm. of providing information at our fingertips. You know, my grandfather who or great grandfather uh, who resided on Holly Grove Street in New Orleans was a freed mulatto in Ohio. And he left Ohio to go to Louisiana. And I'm like, well, why the hell? But, you know, he was a bricklayer. <laughs> and, yeah, I did say that. And I'm in, um, but he was a bricklayer, right? And and you went, you know, let's, let's understand our trades. Let's understand the, the times. You know, he went to New Orleans when New Orleans was being built again, uh-huh. right? That, that New Orleans that, that existed up until Katrina, he was a part of that. Right. And then he trained his son, which was my grandfather, who left as part of that migration up north and went to New York and helped build New York City. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was so proud of the Twin Towers because he worked on that. Sure, right. sure, sure. So you, you got to understand that history side of it. They, they went where it was. But the beauty of it that I took away from all of the stuff that I was discovering, my my family were entrepreneurs. Mm, right. They own their own. And even though society said, no, you can't, they said, yes, I can. Watch me. Mm. You know, so I, I often tell folks my grandmother left after she divorced my you know, grandfather. She settled in Seattle and, and was an interior designer. Mm. You know, so, yeah, that's where I get my quirkiness. <laughs> and my love for textiles. But um, it is it is just a beauty. So to see my, my oldest daughter um, enmeshed in art and visiting museums and trying to figure out how to make things or to see my youngest daughter, just, you know, the fashion diva and the stylist, I have to chuckle because, you know, if my grandparents saw them, you know, they would just laugh and say, yeah, now you need to add that to add this sass to it because mm-hmm. that's who they were. Right. Right. And, and look at the gift you've given your son that he has that 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 living encyclopedia upstairs, because let's understand our history is oral. It's not anywhere. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's where, you know, to double click on what you were saying before, um, as it relates to, you know, them telling us that we can't. Right. So we think about um, the gift and the curse, as you mentioned earlier, about the Internet and the fact that there are so many negative images surrounding black men. Mm -hmm. Um, And so to have something to me that was just so positive and so uplifting and just just powerful. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And how we can use that gift or, or the tool for good, right? right? right. So we can do Absolutely. a meme, we can make it negative, but right. we can also make it really powerful and make it really positive and uplifting and inspiring um, around the importance of spending that quality time, you know, with your with your with your children. So that leads me to ask this question. So, what is your definition of quality time? So, because I'm a very, uh, that's a good question. So, because I I struggle with this balance at home. (laughs) It's being present. It's not being distracted. It's being um, just us against the world, whether it's me talking to my mom, whether it's me talking to my siblings, whether it's my significant other, whatever it may be. It's just being checked, fully checked in um, without any distraction. 
Sure. I think that nowadays, and it's so tough, even with my smartwatch, I try. I mean, I know it tracks my steps and everything. <laughs> and, I mean, yes. you know, step competition and work and all that good stuff, rings, too. Right, right, right. right, right so I close the rings. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But at the same time, I'm like, my goodness. They have a new feature now with that last iOS update, Screen Time, mm-hmm. which talks about the amount of time yes, you, spend you spend on, on your phone. Yes. Yes. I'm yes. down 10% this week. Okay. I'm working on it. I'm literally, when I wake up in the morning, that's not the first thing I should see. That's not the first thing I should take a look at. Right. Making sure that I just take time to be present, um, particularly in these times where, you know, it's so much negativity out there on the media, the news. Even when I go to the gym in the morning, I don't want to see. Yeah. Anything orange on my screen. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 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 <laughs> and so, you know, but really taking the time to ensure that we have those amazing moments, the moments like you were creating with your son, where it's like, OK, let's create more. Let's go to the winery. Let's let's just take time just to talk. Let's just catch right. up. Not on Netflix. Like, let's just take time. Mom, right. what'd you do today? You know, right. my mom low key snuck. She's a, a Uber driver on the low. I didn't know. I mm-hmm. found her on Facebook. She's a teenager, not a teenager, but a teenager. Okay, okay. So she works at Lowe's part time, two time, and she's collecting on. Still has two jobs. Right, right. So, so it's keeping up with my teenager. It's keeping up my teenager. She likes she to tweet and stuff. Right. She right. does. She does. She's right. an active seventy-six-year-old. Okay. She is. She's okay. a, she's awesome. Okay. But just making sure that we just have those moments, you know, that right. don't involve a device or a tablet right. or you know, but really. Going back to storytelling, which is who we are as a people. Yeah. Yes. You know, so yeah. it's so funny talking about, you know, sharing. You know, I was one day I was just thinking about my grandmother. I'm like, my grandmother died when I was two. I'm like, Mom, tell me about your mother. Right. What was grandma like? I know she gave you the business. I know you were, right. you were right. a lot to deal with. I right. know that. I, you're here, your grandmother. I'm like, but Mom, give me some of the, tell me more about grandma. Right. Because I don't have those memories. Right. And so to be able to take those links those links that exist mm-hmm. and to be able to understand like where we come from. Right. You know, and, and, and cause again, I think that's a beautiful tool and being able to do the ancestry.com and all of that. But while we still have these individuals here, yes. right. Absolutely. Time, Absolutely. Take Absolutely. Time. Well, you know, I, I, I agree with everything you, you have said, but I, I was trained on time. I was a broadcaster. Mm-hmm. So you know, if I was a second late, they docked my check. I don't like people taking my money. <laughs> so, you know, I, um, I learned how to respect time. And when you respect time, you also respect the people that are with you in that time frame. Absolutely, that's true. So let me let me expand that or unpack that or all the, I'm just learning so much terminology today. Uh, double click, teenager. I'm, I'm a teenager, uh, but you know the the beauty of it is let me the teenager in my daughter's lives is their only uh, living grandparent um, who happens to be my mother, um, who hails from Richmond, Mississippi, uh, one of eleven who uh, said I I am not going to live this life and left and went to school and went to college and you know became a teacher um, and. And one one Christmas I was home and, and my daughters were there, my nieces were there, and I heard all this cackling and howling. Um, and you know how I laugh, so don't tell anybody. But um, it was magnified. And I was like, who is making all this noise? I go into the kitchen because, you know, that's our center part for a lot of, um, of our culture and families. And there is my mother holding court with her granddaughters telling them about how she used to date back in 1940 and 1950 when she was there. 
So I listen and they're just, Grandma, no, you didn't, you know, and cracking up. So, you know, to see you and, and your son go through the same thing just in the car and you had a jack-in-the-box bag, you know, I'm like, that's what this is about, time, yeah. precious time, the commodity of time you can't get back, No. right? No. The art of having a conversation is lost upon a generation. But look at the gift you're giving your son in that time. Because you can't go anywhere in the car. Right. That's, that's <laughs> not, that's why, not at all. That's why I like flying. No. <laughs> we're going to get you there, girl. We're going to right. right. get you there. We're going to get you from, from D.C. to San Francisco. How about that? But, no, you know, no, because you know what? And when you when you do that, even on a train, when you do that, a train. See, but but let me just say this. So the Sex in the City when they tried to do that whole train thing from New York to Washington and how horrible that was. But see, you know what? You can't be influenced by that because let me tell you, you will have some some issues wherever yeah. you go. But I can guarantee that will be the most memorable experience you have and the most pleasant one because of just how you learned who you were. I mean, it's not like. It's, let me just say this. Mm-hmm. I did spend a lot of my time in the mm-hmm. South. I, I spent summers in Memphis. The thing is, is that I'm from Illinois, Chicago. So understand when you drive six mm-hmm. hours and you're still in Illinois and I'm like, seriously, mm-hmm. this is too long. And then it was the fact of my dad used to drive and I always felt like he He's a morning person, so anytime the sun goes down, mm-hmm. he almost goes down. And if you got us in the car, the car does a little mm-hmm. swaying. So you like praying, mm-hmm. and you just like, Jesus, please. So that is kind of why I'm, I'm a little anti-driver, because it's like, because if the sun go down, everybody gets sleepy. And no, 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 let's just fly. Mm-hmm. We get there faster, and then, you know, we can spend a little extra time in the car mm-hmm. driving to the hotel. I'll I'll, I'll hold you on that, but but try riding to L.A. from San Francisco, which is a five-hour trip without traffic. Right. Toyota Corolla. Right. And you're sitting in the drive shift area, so you don't have a seat. None. (laughs) A Corolla. That's my life. That was my life. So you know what? I'm I'm good with the car, Um, but it the, the beauty of those car rides is that you see things you would never ever see again. Sure. Um, and ever. It's ever. And it, and it is in those moments that, like I said, that's that time that you two shared. Mm-hmm. Who's going to replicate that? Right. How are you going to replicate that? Right. So, right. Because I'm sure, you know, and at some point you need to invite your son on, and I'm, I know you are, to yeah. have a conversation of what he saw and what he took away and how he felt with you just being on the other side of that. Man, you know that's a movie. That's a Hallmark film. <laughs> <laughs> it's so and, and we ain't talking about Green Book. We, we're talking about real-time, real-life right. conversation. Right. The art of conversation. Yeah. Which is such a lost art. Well, I definitely want to, you know, back to what you stated earlier about just quality time and taking that. And, and you know, um, when I was uh, seventh, my seventh grade year, my seventh grade year, 
I literally, I chose, not anyone, mm-hmm. no, no force of the parents or nothing, but mm-hmm. I chose to spend my seventh grade year back in Baton Rouge because mm-hmm. I wanted to get to know my dad, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And again, you know, when, when you set out to do something, and like you said earlier, when you set out to do something and know this, this reception was not what I anticipated. Sure, sure when I said, okay, I'm going to make this journey, you know, but at the same time, when I made that choice to move down to Baton Rouge with my dad, what I got out of that was I literally got a whole entire year with my great grandmother, Mm. you know, um, his, the, the woman that raised him, you know, and that is just, when we talk about quality time, right. Mm -hmm when my uncle was in my aunt and, and, and we all would laugh about certain things or certain ways that she would do things mm-hmm. like, like, like I was a part of that conversation, even though I was the youngest one in the bunch, you know, because we had that quality time, you know, um, and just, you know, and, and, you know, those are the things that, that much to, to, to what like you said earlier, as far as sharing that information, storytelling that, and that was literally throughout the time, throughout the, the entire trip, right, of every time that we stopped someplace, there was always more of a story to tell mm-hmm. as into why we made the stop here, mm-hmm. you know, why we saw this person or the history behind, you know, dad and this person and when, you know, some of the stories that went with that, um, you know, and being able to, to, to tell that. And now that's with him, you know, um, and and you know he he is scheduled to come on to episode. We have had definitely <laughs> have that uh, set set aside, you know. Um, but how to? I don't even think you know to your point to to your, your statement, Stacy. As far as replicating, I don't think I could ever replicate it. You no. know, it, it's 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 a it's more it's a continuation. Sure. You know, it's de- definitely a, a continuation. Um, but, you know, as you said, stated earlier, as far as like taking that time now, now we take that time. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. now it's one of those things where when he comes to the house and it's just like, you know, it's not a it's not an instant. OK, let me just chill up in my room and be on the phone. Like he'll come down and like, you know, literally sit and, you know, be like, so, Dad, how was your day? Mm-hmm. You know. And we'll talk now, mm-hmm. you know, um, and discuss a bunch of things, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and all that started with a road trip. And all that started with all of that got all of that was enhanced as a result of the road trip. Like, like, like before. I think before before the road trip, it seemed more like, a, well, come on, let's let let's sit down, down and talk. We like, I, like, right, 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 like scripted thing. Exactly, yeah. you yeah, know, yeah, 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 like, 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 like Exactly. Exactly. Like, you know, okay, well, you're here. So, you know, come on, let's talk, you know, and it's almost like, you know, you don't really want to talk because you want to be on your phone with your friends or whatever the cases may have you. And I'm forcing you to do something that you don't really want to do versus now it's like, okay, well, hey, you know, that's my dad. Like, I'm going downstairs and talk, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. and that's 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 a that's that's classic. Friendship, right? Beyond a dad and son relationship, it's a friendship. Absolutely. Absolutely. Although I do still tell him, like, you know, I'm not your friend. Like, please understand. I'm, I'm, not I'm, your I'm, I'm dad first. <laughs> and, and, and I think, they are, I think you know, my, my daughters do the same with me. Matter of fact, you know, the oldest one thinks she is my mother. But, um, you know, <laughs> she tells my mother, I'm the mother, you're the daughter. I'm oh, the mother, you're the daughter. I know that lady. <laughs> but it's, it's the beauty of ha- being relaxed. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. those conversations, observations, you know, um, from and and to get those different perspectives because we all have our filters, right? 
Right. So for us to, you know, I mean, they laugh at me when I talk about, um, you know, the Black Panthers and how I remember that. And they almost have to catch yourself when they said, you were alive then, you know? And I'm like, I think let's, let's back that up. Let's get it. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> you know, and, and, and I think we, we always had that in our family and uh, in, in our culture. I think because our culture became exposed after the 60s and everybody wanted to assimilate, we kind of lost some of that because that's how we assimilated. Right, 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 right. So it's 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 just really interesting, interesting to see how we all are coming back to it and how we own it for ourselves or how we filter it for ourselves. You know, um, I, I can't wait to take them to New Orleans now. You know, that was not a place that I stayed very long. It was normally a day and a half visit. And then I went up to Slidell to Picayune. Yep, there is a Picayune, Mississippi. But it was just being there and seeing people who looked like me. Mm-hmm. And that in itself resonated with me to see people who looked like me. Right. So if you had one piece of advice for fathers across the world, black ones especially, what would it be? This is for both of them. Yes, no, it's a question. Yeah, what's the question for everybody? It's a question for everybody. Yeah, it's a question so for everybody. Fun, you go first. Wait, no, um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I wasn't prepared just yet. So um, I'm going to give it to one of the guests first, and then I can answer. Oh, good training, good training. No shame to my game. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I, I think I would recommend, and, and, and um, Saya, I'm going to let you have it in a minute. I think what I would recommend is don't be afraid to be yourself, be authentic. Don't be afraid, you know, show the vulnerability. I, I think just men and women, older men and women, we don't show that vulnerability because we, we develop layers and layers and crust and crust of just how the world dealt with us. But go back to being the child yourself, you know, and, and having those conversations and 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 doing something. If it's not traveling, and you can't travel. Just go to a museum, go to a park, take your child to something that you experienced as a child and that you enjoyed and let them see the enjoyment on your face. Absolutely. And, and to pull, to pull that thread a bit, I would say be comfortable being uncomfortable. So, uh, as it relates to being a disruptor, um, I think oftentimes, you know, there are generational things that we carry over. Um, you know, my dad was from the South, my mom's from the West Indies from Barbados. So couldn't have been polar opposites, more polar opposite, right? Um, In every way. And so those cultural clashes always hit me as a child growing up because I was in Greensboro, I was in Christchurch. And there were feelings on both sides around how I was being raised, right? And so I think um, going back to what Stacey was just saying about, you know, I don't have those memories of my dad around what outside of what made him excited was singing because he was a gospel singer. So he loved to sing. That's when he was at his happiest and when he wasn't able to do that anymore. Uh-huh. You know, things were a little bit different. Right. Um, but being able to share those experiences and being the disruptor, right? So there are things that... When you um, say disruptor, what do you mean by that? Meaning that, you know, there are generational things that exist as it relates to family, 
traditions that to me aren't the best traditions, right? right. Um, like for such example, a. such as secrecy. We don't talk about this. We don't go to, we don't seek medical help for anxiety, depression, any of these things. My right. dad's whole thing was, we don't talk about that. Right. Mm-hmm. In fact, I was just saying to my aunt today, auntie, I've come to North Carolina probably about five or six times in the past few years. I have not seen you since my last aunt's funeral. Mm-hmm. I have to break that cycle, right? Um, my dad, when I first moved to North Carolina to go to grad school, Wake Forest, don't give people your number. We all have the same last name. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we are the oldest son. Don't give them people your number, they're going to want money. I'm like, dad, like, breaking the cycle. Disrupt right. the pattern. Right? Like, I can't come right. to North Carolina. This I was in grad school in North Carolina. So right. can you see now why I moved to Atlanta and he didn't know I lived there? Right, right. Yeah. That's what okay. I was taught, right? Okay. So disrupting that pattern and being able to literally pave the path forward with change by being the disruptor in a good way, right? Mm-hmm. And thinking about how you can reframe those differences and not have them as obstacles. Okay. Mm-hmm. Go sure. on. No, go ahead. Um, I would say basically to accept a person of who they are. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people try to, I have an image of what I want you to be. Mm-hmm. So if you're not doing that image, uh-huh. I want to continually push you to be who I think you should be and not who you are expressing or at least trying to express yourself to be. Like, I will never forget my um, sister said about my mother's um, mother one time. She was just like, she is who she is. And I, and that, that really, that resonates with me. And I use that for everybody. They are who they are. I cannot change you. The only thing I can change is the way I react to you. And sometimes what I, I definitely realized, especially with um, my parents, I, I grew up in a very, um, I mean, I grew up with both of my parents, very active in my life. My parents definitely have a um, unique, yes, that's to say a unique relationship. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So because they have a, a unique relationship, it literally, it, it definitely shaped how I am. And for a long time, it was, I was very much like a relationship needs to be like this. Mm. And so like, so when you say breaking cycles, like, okay, I created a cycle in myself, in my own head, because I was like, well, clearly this is not how it's supposed to be. So I'm going to take some of this, take some of that, take some of this, and I'm going to create this relationship and this should be like that. Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't figure out why it wasn't like that. But again, I was not letting myself or my partner be themselves. Mm -hmm. So my thing is to all is to first just accept a person for who they are. Mm -hmm. Like if I accept you, for who you are, that doesn't make you any less and that doesn't make me any less. Mm -hmm. That actually opens a door where Mm -hmm. we can communicate and we can talk Mm -hmm. and it doesn't, and I don't feel like, ooh. Like, because no one likes to feel like they're being judged. And if you feel like you're being judged, and I mean, most of the time you are being judged, especially if you're like, ooh, I don't understand why you did that that way. Or I don't understand, like, I, I didn't, I didn't ask for your opinion, you know. <laughs> it's, you know, it's opinions like, you know, something else mm-hmm. that everybody, everybody has. has one, you right. know, I, we don't need to share that. So, my thing is to just accept people for 
who they are. So, in time of sitting here thinking about this, as I asked the question, um, (laughs) um, you know, again, hearing hearing so many similarities and aspects in which it is that I grew up experiencing, Mm -hmm. which grants me the authority to sit here and give my opinion on it. Um, (laughs) But no, it, it is indeed, and so. Again, much a uh, unique situation as far as uh, my my parents and you know primarily my relationship with, with with my father and realizing that the importance that um that we needed to have that connectivity. I, I remember after we met the, the 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 after we met again the second time. <laughs> uh, I was I was I was eight. And uh, my mom sent me to go stay with him for the summer. And when I came back and she was like, so what'd you think? Um, you know, and I said, you know, permission to speak frankly. And she said, sure. And I said, well, he's, you know, like he's cool, but he's, he's a bit of an asshole, you know? <laughs> and she looked and she said, that may be so, but he's the only asshole you got. Hmm. And that just stuck with me, you know, um, for the remainder of my time all the way up until to, to his passing. And so what what I would definitely say is that, you know, um, breaking those those curses, mm-hmm. right? Disrupting those those patterns. Mm-hmm. I know that the relationship between him and his dad wasn't the best. Mm-hmm. So for me it was like, okay, well, we're not gonna have that. Mm-hmm. And that's been my my, my drive. You know, to make sure that he and I were okay, and in turn, with me and my son, even though it is a co-parenting situation, I never. My responsibility is to still be dad. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. my responsibility is to make sure that you're okay. My responsibility is to make sure that that you're safe, mm-hmm. that you're provided for. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, above and beyond. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. because that's that's my 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 drive so my advice to to any father period would be or anyone becoming a father would be like you know hey realize that that in the course of in the course of doing this you have now made some some you've made some unspoken promises Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. okay You've made some unspoken promises. Realize what it is that you're taking on or getting ready to take on. I have a I have a cousin of mine who literally is 25 now and he's a father for the first time, you mm-hmm. know. And he was actually one of the people that I stopped to see mm-hmm. on the trip, you know. And so I was informed in it that, that he was he was going to be and you know and it was important for me because I know some of the challenges for him. And you know, and I told him I said, hey, you know, just make sure that like you know. That you're gonna be here. You're gonna protect this child. You're gonna take care of this child, mm-hmm. regardless of what the situation is. Mm-hmm. We have to be. We have to be strong enough to be willing to step to the side and take that emotion take out, of it. out of the situation. Like, like, like. Okay, yeah. You know what? Yeah, I had to go. I had a custody battle, and it was tough. You know, it was tough. Mm-hmm. But and there were definitely moments where in my mind I was just like, oh, my God, like I so wanted to say F it, you know, mm-hmm. but I couldn't, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. this is not who I am, right. you know. So I would say that for anyone like, you know, as much as you may want to say F it, don't, mm-hmm. you know, stick it out, do what needs to be done, you know, and show that 
this is show exactly who it is that you are like you said let your children see who you are let them see their mm-hmm. vulnerability let mm-hmm. them know that it's okay for a man to cry let them know that it's mm-hmm. okay for a man to share share his 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 emotions mm-hmm. that night when you and I were having that conversation and you teared up you know and I told you right then and there because you apologized and I said dude don't ever I was so and I know and I was just like don't ever feel like you gotta apologize for expressing how it is that you truly feel about mm-hmm. something because I think that is the one thing that I see is as for us as men that we literally don't get the opportunity to to, to, to do Mm -hmm. is just be vulnerable without being subjected to pandemic, you know, that fool week or, you know, or whatever or whatever it is, the society or that, you know, or that some people might want to throw on you because you're having that moment. Right. You know. And it's just like, hey, you know what? We all go through it. Absolutely. All of us have moments where we have emotional moments and nothing makes us any more different than than other. So Absolutely. And I yeah. think that another which could be a whole nother episode, mm-hmm. um, is around the co parenting situation and fighting for your child because I know that for me and my older brother, mm-hmm. my older brother didn't come to my dad's funeral. Okay. They were not able to heal. They were not able to prepare. They weren't able to go through the journey I was able to go through with my father. Right. Right. The last memory we had together was my brother saying to my dad, when are you going to die so we collect on your insurance? Wow. That's the last memory I have of my dad and my brother in the same room. Right. And so literally, I remember feeling like my dad doesn't want me. He has a whole new life. He done moved to Atlanta. He lived his best life. Mm-hmm. Right. Raising somebody else's kids. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. And wasn't fighting for me. So right. the right. fact that you are and continue to fight, it's, that, it's, in it itself, that in and of itself speaks it volumes. Speaks because it's a whole other dynamic yeah. to making a co-parenting situation work. Yeah. I don't know what that looks like. My mama was my mama and my daddy. Right. She was both. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But the fact that you were being able to do that. And my stepdad, he came in there when I was 22. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm grown. I'm grown. Like, right. I'm grown. Right. Right. I love Mr. Harold. He's been married 17 years. It's been right. amazing. Right. So called Mr. Harold. Love right. Mr. Harold to death. Right. But at that point, I was already an adult. You yeah. know. So the fact that you're, you know, that that in and of itself is a disruption to the pattern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like you said earlier, meeting people where they are. Mm-hmm. Right. And they've had different experiences. I'm, I'm sure my dad's experience came from my granddad. It's, yeah. It's generational. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And that was, and that, you know, and that was, was part of the understanding. Um, understanding the fact that I can't be mad at my dad for not being a good dad because maybe he didn't see that. Right. Maybe he didn't get that. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's one of those things where it's like, okay, well, I I really have to like, this is a totally different type of conversation now because you, you didn't get the tools. Right. You know, I can't blame you for something you didn't know. Exactly. Right. Right. I can't be upset for something that you didn't know or for something that you have not experienced. Like, yes, this is parenthood and it's very different, but my thinking, my thing, I don't have any children as of yet. You know, God has not blessed me with any as of yet. But I know that for my thing is that I want for hopefully my husband or even if it is a co-parent situation, I want him 
to be just as active as mm-hmm. I am. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's not about me and you anymore because at the moment we decide that we're going to bring something into this child into the world, we literally became sick. Literally. Yeah. All decisions now, because anytime, you know, I hear people talking about, I feel I, well, I think, no, <laughs> well, he, I, well, he not, I, no, because everything you're saying is becoming from, it's coming from a selfish place because it starts with I. Right. Everything, and it doesn't just, and just because you, you know, you're the mother, it doesn't make you God, or it doesn't make you Queen Sheba. It doesn't make you any more protective over a child than the father does. It doesn't. Yes, she did it, but I'm sorry. Go ahead, Stacey. No, no, no. I was just. One of the beautiful things, um, and, and my husband and my ex-husband and I stayed together for 21 years, but in that relationship and my, um, my daughter saw a partnership, mm. but the beauty of it is he would take him, you know, there were days they would just go and hang out with dad and there is still such a beautiful bond there that I would never, ever uh, seek to interrupt. You know, I was, I was Olivia. I was a fixer. So some guy wrong, go to mommy, mommy's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. But dad was the thing that they could bounce the ideas off of, you know, and it's, it's just how you decide what you're going to do with your partner, right? That was his strength, you right, know, right. and mine was organization, logistics, and let's get it done. Um, <laughs> Fleming, that's your new word, 510. Fleming <laughs> could testify to that just in, in what I did professionally. So, you know, um it it it's it's how you you know, you, you got me going down a rabbit hole now, but I'm, I'm going to focus on what, why the, this is beautiful, because your children get to see it in real time. So when they are adults and this whole adulting thing, which I don't really necessarily subscribe to um, on, on this elevation, on this evolution of a human that you become, you you know you have a context because you saw your parents do it. You saw your dad do it. And if your dad did it and you were around and you knew what was going on, well, then you know what? I can do it, too. I just got to tweak it. And right. sometimes that's the only comforting thing you need to know when you just face with uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. Just like tweak it. it. Yep. Just a quote for the show. Yep. Yep. Tweak it. There we go. Tweak it. Just tweak it. Yep. Instead of twerk it. Tweak yes. it. Just tweak it. There we go. <laughs> There we go. Well, that there, good people, is indeed uh, pretty much the coming to a close uh, on the show. But I want to thank you both again for taking time out of your day, out of your schedule to come and sit with us and have this beautiful conversation. Um, This was good. I greatly appreciate this. Um, And and, having me. Oh, absolutely. And we'll definitely have you again, trust believe, you know, for for when we, you know, work on on those other episodes pertaining to, you know, the whole area. Thank you for listening to this week's show. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at FathersShouldPod. You can also visit our website at www.fathersshould.org. 